On today's show, we will break down tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. We'll tell you our three keys to the game and play a little cosign, no sign as well. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On at Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the code LOCKEDONNHL to get $100 of matching on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. What's up, Dave? How you feeling on a Thursday game day here in Toronto? Feeling good. Like to see uh it's an interesting time, you know, these games coming up, right, for the Leafs. And considering what happened to the Sabres the last mm-hmm. time, like this game, I, I somebody brought up like that game about the Sabres, like, oh, you know, so a team that's wounded right now. I'm like, Yeah, that's true. But we've seen the Leafs in this situation many, many times before. Yeah, yeah, like the least they've been here. And, uh, it, you know, when the Leafs play Buffalo, uh, most of the times it does not go well, it feels. Uh, there was that one game where, was it Marner, Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly? I think it was like O'Reilly's second game here or something. He ended up with a hat trick, and it was unbelievable. But outside of that, there's not a lot of, like, happy memories that I can recall from, you know, with the Leafs and Sabres in recent memory. It seems like the Sabres have had the Toronto's number for a little bit here, but uh, yeah, you, you called it, man. It's going to be, you know, what the Sabres are going to want to try and respond after losing nine to four to the blue jackets the other night. Like that's the, the Leafs are going to get a motivated Sabre squad. You, you just know they are. Yeah, of course you don't lose a game nine two at home. Oh, wait, no, the Leafs did do that. <laughs> You don't lose a game like that and not feel like pissed about it, right? Like, and and the fact yeah. is, you know that did, Toronto. Did you hear Kalak Pozo post game? I don't think I heard what he had to say. So he so post game, like, because they were getting booed. Like, there was lots of boos. I think there was some, you know, fire Granado chants, and Kalak Pozo basically said, like, honestly, it's warranted. The team played so bad. He said, we, we played like crap. You know, the team, it's warranted uh, for them to boo us. They should boo us based on how uh, how the performance went. It was, it was pretty, I mean, it's it's honest comments, I guess, from Ocpozo. And yeah, you, you gave up nine on home ice to one of the worst teams in the league. Yes, people are going to be pissed about it. Remember how pissed people were in Toronto when, <clears throat> when they gave up, what was it, five goals? through two periods and then obviously Toronto came back and made it a game. Buffalo was unable to do that, obviously. So then it becomes a, a, a sticky point. Like if Toronto had gone on to lose that game seven, two or nine, four, just like Buffalo, it would have been a much different scene here in Toronto. If they gave up a nine spot at home. Yeah, no, I mean, 
I, I don't, you know, when you look at how everything has gone for the Sabres, like the Leafs have been in that position before too. Like they've lost the game like that. They've had their coach's name being chanted to fire, they want to fire the coach. Right. And so with the Sabres, I, it's, I you totally get it because this is a team that was supposed to take that next step and eventually be a playoff contender. And they're again, trending in the wrong direction. But we also know that when the Leafs go into Buffalo, there's many aspects that come into play of why the Sabres play the Leafs a certain way. One, the Ontario invasion. I've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. I know oh, you were at that game with the hat trick, actually. I was. I lost. I I proudly donated a hat to the cause. And you know, like I've seen it with with, with like in Buffalo, you know. I know a lot of people who are Sabres fans and who are Buffalo sports fans that are just, you can see it starts to take a toll, right? It's its a very vibrant market. It's actually a very underrated market in the NHL in terms of viewership, right? And they just, they I think it's just, it gets to a point where something has to change. Yeah, and I guess that kind of brings us to the next point here. Like, I mean, do you think that perhaps a change could be coming behind the bench soon? I mean, we've already seen five coaches get fired so far this year, and there's been some some decent success with, I guess, the three coaches that were fired in season. Like, Babcock is technically the first. That barely counts. That was even before, you know, the season started, but he still counts in this, you know, statistic technically. But you look at the other three coaches, like um, you look at what happened in Edmonton, Minnesota, and in St. Louis, and you know those guys, those teams were able to you know win some games afterwards. They did get that new coach bump and got them going in the right direction. It did not happen with Ottawa, however, last night uh, they ended up choking away that three three nothing lead after we were recording, and then they went and they choked it away when we got off. Um, but like Don Granado and the Buffalo Sabres, like they might be thinking, hey, coaching firings is like one of the lone things that a team can do if they're sputtering in the in the wrong direction and feel like they need something to change. It's not as e- easy to make a trade. Sometimes a, a a coach ends up losing their job, unfortunately. And I think Don Granado is a good coach. He got a lot out of that group last year, but for whatever reason, the the messaging isn't getting through this season. And I'm not sure what the problem is in there um maybe we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow but i don't know man you think he's on the hot seat i you know what it it just all depends on what the organization's expectations are right like they went to the season they you know everyone's talking about the two signings they made with dalene and then you got a one power sign you know that's looking pretty good you got tage thompson coming off you know a breakout year and then they go in there like we're okay with a tandem of well now it's at three like three goaltenders now of Eric Comrie, Devin Levi, and Luko Pekalukinen. <laughs> like you have this like it's the, like every team can have star players on the blue line, good players up front, but you don't have the goaltending. That's that's like the one area you just can't look past. I thought the same thing. I mean, Toronto's gotten away with it for a little bit here. They've gotten away with some subpar goaltending. I mean, Aiden Hill. Who knew Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson were going to be all-world goaltenders who could lead the Vegas Golden Knights to a Stanley Cup? 
Well, the, the thing, one thing that Vegas has that the Sabres don't have is a good core of veterans, right? Guys that can, like, we look at the guys who are kind of have to stand in as the leaders of this team. It's Kyle Capozo, right? Yeah. He's, he is the veteran guy of this group. There's not really anybody else. Everyone else is young and inexperienced, especially on that blue line. Like Eric Johnson was brought in. Eric John, I don't see Eric Johnson as that leader type on that blue line, right? Like that's, in my opinion, that's probably the oversight there is they didn't, you know, when the Leafs brought in Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Neal, they brought in guys like a Patrick Marlowe. They kept James, James Van Riemsdyk around. They kept Tyler Bozak around. They kept veterans around so that the young guys were kind of insulated a little bit here. In my opinion, the young guys in the Sabres are being thrown out to the Wolves because they don't have that insulation right now. Yeah, yeah, I think you can make that argument. I, I think you're you're sliding EJ a little bit. I think he he means a little bit more in that locker room than you think. I, I remember when Colorado, uh, when they were in Colorado, like Eric Johnson um, had a lot of love from the the players on that team when he was there, and their families and the fans. So I'm sure he does bring a pretty solid veteran leadership, brings cup cup experience. People listen to that, uh, but. Yeah, like you're you're not wrong. It's definitely a younger team. They skew pretty young. You know, their stars right now are all like sub twenty five um, at this point in time. I mean, sure, Alex Tuck is is getting into his prime age, obviously, and and that's why I think it's upsetting if you're Buffalo where they're at. It's like this was supposed to be the year that we took our our next step. Like you've got Darlene and you've got Tuck and you've got. You know, this Paterka kid who's kind of coming out of nowhere and, and, and finding some success. You've got Tage Thompson, who's 25, 26 years old. Like, he's ready to burst. And unfortunately, it just hasn't really uh, culminated in as much success as they thought they were going to have. Uh, that said, I mean, they, they this team, for whatever reason, does always show up against the Maple Leafs. So I, I don't think Toronto should be taking this team lightly. And like I said earlier, after taking a butt whooping like they did to the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know there's going to be a little extra motivation to make sure they come out on fire. Um, let's take a quick break. Let's come back, get into this matchup a little bit more, talk about our three keys to the game, play some cosign, no sign as well. But before we get into any of that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicles and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back, because with eBay Guarantee Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the price you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back into the Locked On at least podcast is Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric show. You can find our pods wherever you do 
download your podcast from. You can also find us up on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. We'd ask that if you enjoy the content that we're providing or you want to keep up to date with going what, what's going on with the Maple Leafs on a daily basis, make sure you give us a uh, quick subscribe so you can get that content directly to you each and every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday, when we put out new content. And, uh, well, the main content from today's show is obviously going to be a little preview for tonight's game between the Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. The Leafs coming off uh, that fluky loss to the Rangers 5-2, so they'll look to get back into their winning ways. They're 16-7-6 on the season. They've jumped into second place in the Atlantic Division, now six points shy of the Boston Bruins, but they do have a game in hand. They're taking on the Buffalo Sabres, 13-17-3, just 29 points on the season, which is good for seventh in the division not what the Sabres were hoping for they've only won three of their last 10 games and they're coming off that rough outing where they lost nine four to the Columbus Blue Jackets um I'll say this I think if we're talking about some keys to tonight's game it definitely is going to have to be to put pressure on those those goaltenders Tonight, And I'm not sure who's going to be starting in goal. I don't believe they've announced a, a goalie yet, whether it's going to be Ukepeka Lukanen or it's going to be Devin Levi. They both played in that game against Columbus, and they both gave up a whole bunch of goals. So they could go with either or to, to hope for that bounce back. But whoever the goalie is going to be, I think Toronto really is going to have to come out and uh, and fire on all cylinders and really, really, um, you know, put pressure on these goalies, put pressure on that young defense and, you know, get into the areas, the scoring areas where they can score. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the keys for tonight. Yeah. I mean, when a, when a team gives up nine goals, there's clearly, you know, an issue there of keeping the pucks out of the net. And the Leafs have been putting the pucks in, you know, in the net quite at a quite alarming rate. You know, they struggled a little bit at times against uh, Shister- Igor Shesterkin. Um, They still managed to get two goals in on them. I thought they were snake bin, as you mentioned. It bounced. It didn't go their way. But this Leafs team has not had any issues putting pucks in the net, especially against teams that are not very good, right? You look at Pittsburgh. You look at Columbus. Yeah. Yep, they, they've been, they've averaged over four, uh, you know, during this stretch of games of, of 15, 16 games here. So scoring hasn't necessarily been the issue. A lot of it's been, you know, keeping pucks out of the net most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know, just they need to continue that, right? Like the consistency has kind of been an issue for Toronto this season. But if they can continue with that game plan and follow through with it for a full 60 minutes, they should have some success here against the against the Sabers, and I think the first ten minutes is going to be key too. Like we, we talk about them, uh, the Sabers wanting to get off to a good start after just getting absolutely obliterated by Columbus on their home ice. They've got the Maple Leafs coming into their home ice, and you said it. It's often, you know, like it's it's a road game basically for the Sabers inside their own arena. They don't take too lightly to that, I would think. So I think the first ten minutes. The Leafs might have to weather a storm against Buffalo, but if they could do that, just play compact, just play well-structured, and then, you know, have that counterpunch about halfway through and really take it to the Sabres uh, for, you know, the final 50 minutes, I think that that'll be a successful uh, game plan for Toronto. Yeah, I mean, just you have to come out with a purpose, right? Against the Rangers, they weren't, they weren't playing to their game, maybe a little more reactive to what was going on. Against Sabres, you need to set the tone early and remind the Sabres 
where they are in the standings and where you are in the standings. Yeah, but like I'm I'm kind of saying the opposite. Not that they should hang back. No. What I'm saying is I'm expecting a lot out of the Sabres out of the gate. Oh, yeah. And they got to be ready for that. So whether that is, I guess, by setting their own tone or at least leveling up to make sure they're on the Sabres level and make sure that they are, you know, staying uh, defensively responsible. Like, I, I think they get in trouble if if they're out there and all of a sudden this turns into a track meet where they're like, okay, this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Like, we saw that happen last time these two teams played. The game ended 6-4 in favor of the Buffalo Sabres, and that's what happened. They tried to go out there and they tried to assert their dominance, but ended up becoming a bit leaky defensively by trying to cheat for offense, and that ended up biting them in the ass. And defensively, they were making miscues, if I recall, a bunch of turnovers in that in that game as well. But if you just play simple hockey, you stick to details, I think that'll be a successful game plan for uh, for the Maple Leafs. Try and keep it a low-scoring win, honestly. I love a 3-1 win by the Maple Leafs. I absolutely love when they can, you know, have that type of win. The 7-0 wins every now and then, they're fun, they're fine, they're dandy and cool. But honestly, anytime you can get a solid 3-1 win where the team plays 60 minutes, they lock it down in the third period, don't give up anything to the opposition, that's where I think the Leafs are at their best. That's how you play playoff hockey, first of all. And not that you have to play a playoff-style game against this Buffalo Sabres team because they're pretty young they're kind of spunky. But to your point, Put them in their place. Say, hey, you are the seventh place team in the division. We're the second place team in the division. And we're going to show you the difference between that tonight. We're going to make you, you know, I was going to say something kind of inappropriate, but, you know, who's your daddy kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, the one thing they can do is there's doubt, right? You've seen the Sabres kind of tune out when they when things aren't going right for them. They Against Columbus... You know, it was 4-1. Marchenko's here putting the puck between his legs uh, to score goals on this team, and there was no response, right? The team, I hate to say the word quit, but they pretty much did quit, when, you know, because it only got worse from then on. So there's, there's vulnerability there, basically saying if you get off to a good start, if you put doubt into the Sabres' mind, we've seen them mentally, they have struggled to overcome it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, that's going to be the game tonight. I'm curious, though. Is there someone who uh, you're locked in on on the Buffalo Sabres tonight? On the Sabres side? All right, well, both. We'll, we'll, we'll go both teams. Like, we'll go Sabres and Leafs. If you got a Leafs guy off the top of your head really quickly, I guess you could throw that out there. But Austin Matthews, man. Let's see this guy could you end up with pucks in the net. And he's got yeah. you gotta hope he's chopping at the bit here to go against the Sabres. And then for Buffalo, it's whoever's in goal, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever's in the net, who's the one that's gonna step up and have a you know, give this team a little bit of belief that you know you're not gonna allow nine goals, right? You're not gonna allow those back breaking goals. Yeah. Uh last time these two played though. Matthews did get a hat trick. He he scored a hat trick in that game back in uh, back mm -hmm. in November. So yeah, he's definitely going to be someone to watch for sure in that one. Um, I, I think for Buffalo, this I was honestly not even going to lie, quite shocked when I saw the season that this that this gentleman is having. Do you know who currently leads the Sabers? Well, you're probably staring at it, but are you like the fact that Casey Middlestat? leads the Sabres right now offensively kind of blew my mind. 
blew my mind. He's like third in the NHL in points at five on five this year. Casey Middlestad. He's having a, a breakout this year. Um, despite, you know, what's going on in Buffalo and how kind of, you know, bad it's been for them. He's been a, 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 a nice bright spot for them. A former, you know, top 10 pick who's finally panning out years later. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Casey Millstat when he was doing this NHLPA event. So, like, I, you know, I thought this was a guy that was going to be a building block for the Sabers, and it's taken time for him to be, to be that for them. Um, I'm pretty sure on Locked On Sabers, they talked about maybe it's you, Casey Middlestat's a guy you tried to trade while his stock is up, right? Because he hasn't had great seasons, right? Like as you said, this is a breaker. He had 59 points last year, which is not bad. But this is a guy's a top pick. You have higher hopes for someone that you pick that early. So if teams are interested right now on the Casey Middlestat, you know, guy who's 25, a lot of teams are looking to add young talent and maybe a change of scenery gives him. I mean, he's playing well, but maybe he starts to realize a little bit more of that potential in the right system. Yeah, I got Casey Millside did surprise me when I saw that it was him and Darlene tied for the team lead in points. Yeah, he's got like 27 points in, in 33 games. Um, they'd be dumb to trade away ah, Casey Middlestat. I mean, if if I'm looking at the Sabres, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they're having a tough year, but this is a team that's ready to compete. You know, trading away 25-year-old second-line players doesn't seem like the – the smart thing to do like okay he's got value but guess who else has value william nylander are we looking to trade away william nylander here in toronto because he's playing well and probably has high value no i don't depending believe on who you are depending on who you ask well yeah i guess that's true i suppose that's uh that is accurate joseph wall are we looking to trade away joseph wall because he's playing well and has high hopes no one no one i got you on that one not one single person is willing to trade joseph wall in uh, in Leafs Nation, if you are, you're a sicko and uh, turn in your Leafs card. I'm um, uh, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be you know, it should be a good game though. Like Toronto should be able to to win this one though and, and get back into uh, get back onto the their winning ways. And if they can get the win tonight, you pull to within four points of the uh, Boston Bruins for the division lead. And you know, still a couple games left against Boston, so there's a chance that you win those games. That you have still to play. All of a sudden, this is a tie of a division, tied division, and at least got a nice sked, little soft sked coming up here, right? Like you got Columbus on set, you got Buffalo tonight, you got Columbus on Saturday, and then you take the winter break, you've got your Christmas holidays, all that good stuff. You come back, you got the Ottawa Senators who are in a massive turmoil right now and then i think you got columbus again and so your next three four games here little cupcakey you you should be able to bank some points and try and climb to within these boston bruins uh you know prior before the new year it's it's possible that the Leafs could find themselves within you know a, a a point or two perhaps be tied by the new year what's Boston's schedule looking like actually you know what? Actually, save it. We'll talk about it in the next segment. We'll talk about it in the next segment because we're going to do cosine, no mm -hmm. sign, and it's coming up on the other side. Before, though, we get to it, I want to tell you all about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at Sleeper. 
A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Matthews could score 50 goals. The Leafs could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because of Sleeper. You can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Matthews or McDavid or McKinnon or whoever will score two or more uh, will score more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. And when 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight different player stats. You heard me, Lee fans. You can win 100 times your bet by uh, playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back into the Locked On at Leafs podcast. Mike Stefano and Dave Morissuti. We got a Leaf game tonight. Toronto rolling down the QEW and taking in the taking on the Buffalo Sabres. So it's the battle of the QEW tonight. We'll see who comes out victorious? Buffalo won earlier in the year, six to four. We remember that high-scoring affair. Matthews did get a hat trick in that game. We'll see if Toronto can uh, can can get their sweet sweet revenge uh, coming off uh, you know, a revenge loss to the Rangers last night, so that they can try and flip the script on Buffalo. Um, as Buffalo tries to flip the script on uh, the Columbus outing they had the night before too. So should be two motivated squads tonight. Looking forward to it. That being said, uh, we haven't played cosine no sign in a couple of weeks, I don't think, Dave. So why don't we play some cosine no sign today? And it's a pretty easy game for those who are new to the program. Um, basically, we're going to make statements to each other. If we agree with the statement, we're going to cosign it. If we disagree with what the person is suggesting, then we're going to no sign it. So that's how the game is played. Dave, present me with your opening statement. Well, in theme of what we were talking about in the last segment about the Leafs' chase for the Atlantic Division with the Bruins, the Leafs will cash the Bruins for top spot in the Atlantic Division. Co-sign, my guy. Co-sign. I thought, like we we thought this was going to happen at the beginning of the year. We we proclaimed that the Leafs. You know, especially with that Vasilevsky injury, there was a path where Toronto could basically sleepwalk their way to a division title. And let's be honest, they are doing that. They haven't played their best hockey this season. They've been incredibly inconsistent, and they haven't had many big-time games. It's been maybe, maybe two games that they've had 60-minute efforts all season long, yet they're just four points out of, a, out of the top spot in the division. If this team gets on a run and this team gets rolling and this team plays to their abilities uh, for any stretch of games, like a couple of weeks here, they're going to steamroll through a bunch of teams, pick up a bunch of points and end up on top. I truly believe it. I think they are uh, probably the best team in this division. I think they have a chance to be, uh, especially if they can get that goaltending. I guess that is the one question mark you have is what are you going to get in net? But when you got Austin Matthews scoring two goals a game, and hey, that's what he's been doing lately. He's got two goals in five of his last seven games, I believe is the number. Yeah, five of his last seven games, he scored two goals in uh, in each of them. So nine multi-goal games on the year through 28 games. 
the guy's an absolute magician. Uh, so he can outscore a lot of those defensive and, and goaltending problems. I'll also mention, hey, the defense, that's not been healthy all year. You finally got Lilligren back. Eventually, you're going to get Giordano back. And you're going to add to this blue line at some point, too. And that's going to only help this team defensively. And uh, I, I think when you put all of that together, you get everyone playing you know, into these new systems. Um, yeah, I think there's no no doubt that this team finishes the top of the Atlantic. I, I, I'll co-sign that all day. The big one here for me is the Bruins got off to such a great start in October that I think it was like people were like, oh, are the Bruins going to do this again? 801 in the month of October. PK was at 97%. They had a, 15, a plus 15 goal differential. Since then, they've only had a plus three goal differential in November with a 7-4-2 and two record. Their penalty kill went down to 81.6%. In the month of December, they are 4-1-3. and three. They have a even goal differential and an 84.6% penalty kill percentage. Basically, what I'm saying is the Sabres you saw in October, uh, the Bruins you saw in October, that I think they were punching above their weight. They've come back down to earth a little bit here. And the Leafs have an, uh, that's the opening right now for the Leafs. Can the Bruins get back to what they were in October? I don't think so because there aren't many teams that can go on that tear that they went on in October. And I think teams are starting to catch up to them. Teams are realizing that the Sabres have flaws. I'm sorry, why do I keep saying the Sabres? Sabres do have Bruins. flaws. Bruins have, have flaws. Well, the Sabres also have flaws. Yeah, the, the Sabres have way more flaws than the yeah. Bruins. Yeah, they, both these teams very flawed, and yeah, Toronto's a little flawed too. Let's 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 not oh. act all high and mighty like the Leafs are a perfect team. There's flaws there uh, as as well. All right, so we're both in agreement. Toronto eventually will uh, overtake the Bruins for the Atlantic Division crown. Um, I also think there's also like a couple other teams that could potentially do it, like Florida namely could also potentially do it if they go on a run, but this is the lockdown these pods. So we'll say that the Leafs are the team that gets it done. Uh, mine for you. Um, Martin Jones might just turn out to be the most important free agent signing by Brad tree living this off season. Oh, and, and I uh, use the word important specifically, not best. Right. But most important. I you know what? I will co-sign it because again, some might have seen it as like a ah, the leaf signed Martin Jones. But how did you is, see it when it happened? I said, you know what? I I liked it. I actually liked it. Yeah, people weren't happy about his numbers lot with Seattle and things like that. But I'm like, thank God the Leafs have a third goalie that's an NHL goalie. Mm-hmm. Like they tried with the Aaron Dells of the world. They've tried with the Casimir Cascasul, Eric Schall, Hutchinson ring a bell. Yeah. Michael Hutchinson rings the wrong bell for me, <laughs> but yeah, no, like that was the big flaw in kind of Kyle Dubas's plan was that he rolled with Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov, two goaltenders that had injury issues, had inconsistent play. Thank Goodness, Joseph Wall showed he could play some NHL games because the Leafs did not have many third options, right? 
they were banking on in a way of Joseph Wool being able to play some games this year. You could say, you know what, is Martin Jones could clear waivers and you bring him up in a situation like this, you felt a little bit better about it. So, so here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. In order for this to be a confirmed statement and and for this to become true, Martin Jones would have to become the full time backup for the Leafs for this to be true. Like, I don't think this is true if he ends up reverting back to being a number three. So you believe that Martin Jones will overtake Samsonov as this team's full-time number two when all three goaltenders are healthy? Because if not, how can you not have, like, Tyler Bertuzzi as as the most important guy? For me, it's Samsonov. He doesn't have – I don't know how much leeway he has left because they've tried rolling him out. Like we said, with with Joseph Wall out, this was Ilya Samsonov's opportunity to re re kind of regain what he had lost in a way, right? We didn't see him as a starter anymore because Joseph Wall was playing better. You have a chance now to show that I am the better option over Martin Jones, and he hasn't done that. And to me, that's why Martin Jones, you play well, you should be given the opportunity to play, right? And I think for Samsonov, again, the Leafs are not tied to this guy. They're not married to this goaltender going forward. And I, I do think that's where Martin Jones can't usurp him and provide the Leafs that stability as the backup because Samsonov clearly hasn't been able to do that. All right, all right. Uh, give me a league-wide one here, Dave. Yeah. We will see at least one more NHL coach fired before the end of the season. Mm. So right now, I'm guessing the only other coach that pretty well would be on the hot seat that would make sense is Don Granato. Outside of that, like who else? Who else do you think would be someone on the hot seat? Well, I, like I we've don't already think... seen four other coaches go, mm-hmm. right? Brenda Moore, I don't think they would no, do it. In no chance after the season. Um, Lindy, do they fire Lindy? Does Lindy rough? They fire him. You know, like that's a team that was supposed to be the top team in the Metro, and yeah. they are among the bottom teams in the Metro. And this is not the first time that Lindy Ruff's name has been brought up as a uh, you know on the hot seat. There, there are fans chanting for Lindy Ruff to be fired. I think last year too, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yeah. Like after the first first game and then they were saying thank you Lindy like not too long afterwards they ate those words pretty quickly but then they came back to it this year and like no 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 we we're right we we're right fire Lindy um you know I'm I'm going to co-sign it just because it's it's one of those things where it's like you know if I say it's basically the field or or nobody I'll take the field that at least one more team will make some sort of coaching change at some point there's a long road for another team to kind of hit the ditch and hit the skids here where they decide that they need to make some sort of change. So I'll co-sign it. We'll see at least one more. I mean, we've seen five in the first, like, two and a half months. 
So I guess it is very conceivable that uh, over the next four months, there could be at least one more. So I will, I will co-sign that as well. Co-sign, no sign, Dave. Patrick Kane is regretting signing in Detroit. Big time co-sign. He, he had his pick of teams. And he decided to hitch his wagon to go. I think Alex Debrinkin had a big part to play in it. You're reuniting with a former, um, you know, former teammate, similar to what happened with Antony Panarin and with the Rangers last year. Obviously, he, he had a bit of a say of where he went last year. He had all the say this time around. He had pretty decent teams interested in him. He had the, you know, you heard the Stars were looking in. You had. The Panthers, who were who were interested, even the Hurricanes were were throwing their name in the hat, and he decides I'm going to go to a Red Wings team that, yeah, they've been playing okay, but they're not considered a contender. They're not considered a playoff team right now. Even when he signed, wow. they, the, were. they were on the bubble. They, they, they were, they were on the bubble. Like, yeah. They were on the bubble, but thinking like Patrick Kane could put them over the top, right? And like, remember how hot of a start they got off to. Like, DeBrincat couldn't couldn't miss the, the yeah. net. Larkin couldn't miss the net. Like those guys, the the buff, the Detroit Red Wings got off to a really, really solid uh, solid start. So I guess if you're Patrick Kane, if you started to think about what teams you want to roll with, and I mean he's he's got ties, you know, within Michigan, and and, and he wanted to play in the states, obviously. Um, I don't think it was a weird signing for him uh to to go to to go to detroit i guess um but if you look at how things have transpired since he's gotten into the lineup not great bob they're one five and one in the seven games since patrick kane made his debut with the red wings he does have four points picked up two points tonight in a loss to uh they played tonight anaheim did they play I believe that's uh, that's who they played tonight. Yeah, played Anaheim. Um, so they they you know does have, or a couple nights ago rather oh, they played, uh, they the, played the Jets. Right. Played the Jets. So actually, you can bump that to one six and one. That uh, yeah, one six and one is the record since Patrick Kane entered the lineup. So um, yeah, not uh, it's not going well for this group. And I mean. There's still lots of time for them to make a run here, but I I would be curious, and I know this was a question that a lot of people asked at the time, because, yeah, to your point, like Detroit intended on making the playoffs. They're in the playoffs at the time of the signing, but it was always like, a, are they a cup contender? That that was the, the, the bigger question. Like, can they make the playoffs? Yeah, I don't think it would surprise anybody, but can they be cup contenders this year? That's where it was like, oh, that's kind of weird for Kane who might just be in cup chasing mode. Maybe he's not, but that's what it felt like it, he should be at this point in his career. And for him to pick Detroit, that maybe is why it felt a little bit odd. Uh, but at this point, the way that they're going at that rate, things just aren't working out well. And I don't know, like if it gets to a point where Detroit kind of falls out of things, like I'm pretty sure they're out of a playoff spot now. Um, yeah. W- would it get to a point you think where they trade them here? Like, if they're out of a playoff spot, let's say they're like eight points out of a playoff spot come the deadline. Does Patrick Kane ask for a trade out of Detroit? Well, he does have a no trade clause, so if they want to do it, well, now the no trade clause is for his protection, so he so they they can't be like, 
you're going to Arizona for a third round pick. Like he gets to pick where he goes, obviously. I think I think there I think there could be a, you know an opportunity here where the Red Wings are just like, you know what? We tried, didn't really work out. Let us know where you want to go and let's see if we can make a deal. I do yeah. think that's possible. I don't I do think that they have they can retain Sour if they need to make it work with a contender. So it's not like they're they're, you know, in a position where they can't use the salary cap their their cap space to to their advantage here. So yeah, I think I think that could be that's very well possible. And or maybe Patrick Kane's just like, you know what? It didn't work. Maybe we just I'll stick it out and maybe next year try it again. Or, you know, he can very well decide whatever. I guess, you know, it's the tough part about it, but you know, Detroit knew the risks. Well, not the risks, but they knew what they were getting into when they signed him. Trivia time for you. How many names? Does Pat, how many nicknames does Patrick Kane have, and how many of them can you name? Oh my God! Well, I mean, Patty Kane is one. Showtime is like the most popular one that I know of. Patty Kane isn't even on this list. First of all, <laughs> Showtime is like the most important one I know. Yeah, I remember someone mentioning like the don't the, cheat don't cheat don't cheat there was one really odd one i remember it had something to do with a bug but i can't remember the bug with a bug yeah uh... there was one about a bug i i just because like he was just like a guy that could get through player like i I just remember, but I, I don't know what bug it was, though. Would I, you like to know the answer? What is it? Uh, according to Hockey Reference, and th- this doesn't even have Patty Kane on here, but according to Hockey Reference, his 10 different nicknames. 10. 10. 10. What? A couple of these I had no idea, and why these are on hockey. Like, these might be so inside hockey like inside baseball type nicknames that like only teammates know and somehow they ended up on this website so caner obviously we know caner that one's like just like classic hockey add an r to the end of the name uh showtime yes as you said buzz is buzz maybe the bug one you're thinking maybe that does sound familiar yeah doc like doctor like doc um never never heard heard that that. no peekaboo (laughs) <laughs> also little peekaboo what? also yeah also peaks along with lil peaks and then you've got kanye like kanye but kanye and then patty cakes those are the 10 nicknames of patrick kane according to Hockey reference. The whole peekaboo, little peekaboo, peaks and little peaks. I, I, where the hell that comes from, I do not know. Like, is his father's name like peekaboo, like peaks? Is like, is that like maybe his dad's nickname? So he's little peaks. Beats me, man. Saying this, being in the locker room and saying this to Patrick Kane, so literally going, "Hey, little peekaboo, how we doing? <laughs> how we feeling right now?" That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like little peaks, like hey, peaks, like I can see peaks maybe being a nickname, but like to full on just call someone peekaboo. I don't know. (laughs) 
I do not know. Um, I mean, we did have a, like growing up, I, I had a buddy, his family called him Boo. Um, his name is David and they called him Boo for whatever reason. Um, yeah. I, no idea. No idea. Some, some nicknames you just, you never know what the hell they mean. Uh, anyways, that, uh, well, we conclude today's show on the nickname special from Patrick Kane. Cause I just need to go and digest all of that information that I just, uh, just read and, and shared with the class. Anyway, game tonight should be fun. Leafs, Sabres uh, down in Buffalo. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you and uh, for all, thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. You can receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, leave a, a like and a comment down below on YouTube. That would be greatly appreciated. And we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow to recap tonight's game. Leafs Sabres down in Buffalo. Go Leafs, go. Keep it locked. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.